I'm Bruce Sinclair, and welcome to this podcast from Jordan Hill Parish Church, during which we will share in reading, reflection, prayer, music, and communion for Sunday, the 20th of March. Today, our reader is Sarah Mackay, and our hymns come from the Scottish Festival Singers. Later on in this service, we do share together in communion, and if you would like to join in, then please do have ready to hand some bread and wine or juice. The God of heaven has made a home on earth. Christ dwells among us and is one with us. The highest in all creation lives among the least. Christ journeys with the rejected and welcomes the weary. Come now all who thirst and drink the water of life. Come now all who hunger and be filled with good things. Come now all who seek and be warmed by the fire of love. Let us worship God. Our reading this morning comes from Luke, chapter 13, verses 1 to 9. At that very time, there were some present who told him about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those eighteen who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish, just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it, and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down! Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig round it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
For thousands of years, the date palm was a staple crop in Judea. It was a source of food, shelter and medicine. There were at one time thick forests of the ancient palms covering the Jordan River Valley from the edge of the Sea of Galilee right to the Dead Sea in the south. On a recent trip there, it was very noticeable how dry, barren and dusty that valley has become, but equally easy to imagine what it could have once been like. The plant is mentioned in the Bible, the Quran and other ancient literature as a symbol of good fortune, but also with many health properties. However, its status as a resource and commodity has also been its demise. Some sources suggest it was the Romans who wiped out the majority of the plants in an attempt to cripple the economy. But it's more likely that actually overuse, cultivation and sweeping climatic change over the years has destroyed its dominance until eventually it just disappeared. An archaeologist not that long ago discovered a buried clay jar with ancient seeds in the Masada hill fort in Israel. These seeds lay in Tel Aviv's university for 40 years before a botanical researcher was persuaded to plant one, not having too much hope that it might grow. But that seed, over 2000 years old, with a little bit of modern understanding, sprouted and produced a sapling that no one had seen in centuries and became then the oldest known tree to germinate. And so they nicknamed it Methuselah, after the oldest person in the Bible. After pollinating that plant with another similar seed-grown plant of the same age, as of last summer, they have been able to produce Judean dates and now have several other Judean date palms. Each palm tree named according to their age, Methuselah, Hannah, Adam, Judith and Boaz, Uriel and Jonah are the two youngest ones. It is a story of hope and triumph over time that something has lain dormant for so long can grow and flourish once again, being given a second chance after so many years. I wonder how many of us today have ever had second chances in life. As children, when we might have come to no good, but someone, somewhere, parents, teachers, youth leaders, saw something in us and decided that we were worth taking a risk on. Or at work, when we had been entrusted with a project or a plan and things had gone awry, but then a colleague realised that there was maybe more to us than met the eye and on balance, and recognising that we learn from our mistakes as much as we do from our successes, then gave us a second chance. Or even a relationship with someone very close to us, which went badly wrong because of what we did or what we were, but that someone took 
a long deep breath and found it within their hearts to forgive, to try to understand and to give us a second chance. Fruitfulness and barrenness are compelling themes in, of Jesus' teaching, and they are also powerful metaphors for human life. Seasons of fruitfulness and seasons of barrenness come in a variety of ways. In this passage, Jesus encourages his followers to repent, and then he tells a parable about bearing fruit. He tells the parable of a fig tree that has not put forth any fruit in three years. The man who owns the tree is ready to cut it down, but the gardener begs for just one more year and some special care for this fruitless tree. Jesus offers us the gospel of the second chance. He tells people about the good news of being given a second chance, but more than that, he tells us that it is unlikely that we will be able to sort things out in our lives by ourselves. We need help. Fig trees normally do not require much attention, but the gardener, the Jesus figure, proposes unusual care and effort, rather than immediate destruction, which could be justified. A delay is in effect to produce a last chance to produce. There is still time, but not much. Is this a story for you today or for people that you know? What does the parable of the fig tree tell you? If the owner is God, what does God expect from a fig tree? Figs. It was what it was designed to produce, and it wasn't. Is God impatient with us? for not bearing the fruit of our faith. What about the fig tree? Is that you? Tired, spiritually undernourished, unrealised potential? Who is the head gardener? Is it Jesus, perhaps? He comes to prune the scruffy, non-productive fig tree. Rather unglamorously, he says it needs more manure and give that tired old tree one more year a second chance, and if it still doesn't produce, then chop it down. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs once said, optimism and hope. They sound similar, but in fact they're very different. Optimism is the belief that things are going to get better. Hope is the belief that if we work hard enough together, we can make things better. It needs no courage, just a certain naivety to be an optimist. It needs a great deal of courage to have hope, and hope is what transforms the human situation. In the parable of the fig tree we are given hope, that we can be more, that the gardener never loses interest in us. God knows our very purpose and wouldn't ask us to do something that we weren't capable of. He also knows that there are lots of barren fig trees out there and maybe our own loving care, along with Christ's, might bring fruit. Not only for individuals or communities, 
but for some nations. At each level, that hope is extended, the ministry of a second chance. Not only something for us to receive, and God knows that we, all of us, may need it, it is also something for us to practice. How quick have we been to judge and condemn and to harden our hearts with or without justification against people in our homes or our workplace or even in the church? If God's extravagant mercy floods our sometimes withered lives, how much might we, recipients of that mercy, then show it to others who also might need a second chance? As Jesus says elsewhere, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. The second chance we are given is the second chance we are all called to share. Lots of barren fig trees are out there and maybe your loving care, along with Christ's, might yet bring them to bear fruit. Amen. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we bring to you our prayers for others and ourselves. In a world where appearances mean so much, we are grateful that you see potential in all of us, that you are not restricted to worldly measures of success, that you see the beauty in everything around you. We pray today for those who feel they have failed in love, in work, in life. Help them to see that even as a wizened fig tree has much to offer given time, so do they. We pray for those who are on the edge of giving up, on love, on the world, on life. Help them to see that even as a wizened fig tree has fruit still to bear, so do they. We pray for those in power, that they might see that they are not expected to have all the answers all of the time, that others can help them, even those who might not share their political views. And at this time we pray particularly for the people of Ukraine. We pray too for teachers and schools entrusted with educating our young people and enthusing them to learning. Help them to see potential in all our young people, not just those who excel. And we pray for ourselves, that we might understand the scope of your love, God, from which no one is excluded, that we might understand that outward appearances mean nothing to you. It is what is inside of each of us that's important. Amen.
The table is now to be made ready. This is the Lord's table. It's not the table of any one particular tradition. It's the table of Jesus Christ. His invitation is to us all. With bread and wine, we make a table of company with Jesus and all who love him, connected to one another wherever we are in this act of love. Jesus said, come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. On the night of Jesus' arrest, Jesus took bread, and having given thanks to God, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in memory of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant sealed by my blood. Whenever you drink it, do this in memory of me. For every time you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. As Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, I take these elements of bread and wine to be set apart from all common uses to this holy use and mystery. And as he gave thanks and blessed, let us draw near to God. Let us pray. Eternal God, it is indeed right. It is our duty and our joy at all times and in all places to give you our thanks and praise. With your people of all place and time and with the whole company of heaven, we sing your praise. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Send your spirit on us and on this bread and wine, that as we share this feast, we may also share Christ's breath of life and peace, with which to bless our homes, our communities and our world today. And we pray together, saying, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We do this in obedience to Christ's example and appointment. On the night of his betrayal, he took bread. And after giving thanks to God, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in memory of me. And in the same way, he took the cup. saying, This cup is a new covenant, sealed by my blood. Whenever you drink it, do this in memory of me. 
Jesus, Lamb of God, have mercy on us. Jesus, bearer of our sins, have mercy on us. Jesus, redeemer of the world, grant us your peace. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. We share and eat together. The angels said it to startled shepherds, and Jesus said it to frightened followers. And now these words which come from heaven are shared to make us whole and to make us one. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, here you have fed us with life and with hope. May we not remain silent or afraid, but take these gifts into your broken world that so much needs to hear of a second chance, knowing that darkness does not have the last word and that evil is not stronger than love, that your forgiveness and grace is sufficient to heal and transform every darkness. So may your life bring hope and healing for all of our nations at this time, and peace against all odds. Amen. Thank you for joining with me for this time of worship. Let us go now, built in spirit, built in faith, to love and to serve the Lord, loving one another and building communities of faith, hope, love and peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you 
and all those you love this day and every day. Amen. <laughs>